Would that what why, would you use another part of your body to touch hand? No, you touch hands together. So when I say butt touch, touch the so is, me. A lot is of that, would you call that a a butt shake? <laughs> <laughs> no, a butt shake would be you would have to get one cheek in between the other person's cheek. So that yeah, you <laughs> obviously just aggressively you just spread the cheeks and let them fit together like a then you aggressively me- twerk the mechanics just imagine trying to make that work out in public like hello there it's friend basically greetings mortals and welcome to another episode of your favorite podcast show the super agile bros i am your sitting host steve or as me mama likes to call me as steve and with me are my two co-hosts. First, Kyle, who exists. Hello, Kyle. I exist. I am here. And so do our supernatural listeners. Said just our morals. We know you're out yeah. there. And we acknowledge you. <laughs> if anyone is here in the room, move Don't do that. <laughs> Don't do that. I'm good. Make your presence <laughs> known. Don't do that. I will 100%. Who, who did that? <laughs> I will 100% burn this whole house down and move out at the same time. I'm good. And the sultry and slightly panicked voice you just heard was our very own Bradston. Hello, Bradston. Hey, what's up? And I just want to correct, you know, something I said earlier. I am not sitting. I think that's what I heard you say. I am standing. Yes. Because, you that know, was only and you fell for it. Greatness. You know, I stand above my competition, a.k.a. Ooh. Kyle and Steve. <laughs> I'm standing, too. Actually, yeah. I'm the only one who's sitting. It's because <laughs> you, I, have, you, I have weak he, ankles. He says he's standing now after I call it out. I don't believe it. I don't believe it. Oh, speaking of standing, who's that standing next to you, Brad? I'm not that. Even if, look, look, let me tell you how ghosts Wait, work Brad, in my is, life. Is there, is there someone behind you? I hear some breathing. Let me tell you in this. The background. If there is a ghost in my house, and, I, and I'll tell this to the ghost right now if they're listening. There look, are. I will not acknowledge your presence. <laughs> um, I will never look at you. I will never. Maybe it'll make you stronger. Maybe it'll make you more powerful. Maybe you're the Babadook, but let me tell you something. You don't exist to me. Mm. And one day you'll just see me like packing some stuff up and then I'll leave. And you'll you'll be waiting as a ghost, like, where did he go? Cause I moved out and you didn't know. <laughs> like it'll be it'll be so slick. Like you're gonna not gonna give that ghost me. a cold shoulder. Exactly. Not gonna get a forwarding address or nothing. So You know, over. I think that actually was the plot of a book I read when I was younger. What was the book? I forget what it was called, um, but it was about a bogart or a bogart or however it is pronounced. A booger. Uh, no, you silly Billy. Oh, excuse me. Uh, basically, it's like a a fun poltergeist, and or at least this one was. It was a, it lived in like a castle in Scotland or something, and it would it lived basically with this family. And it never really tormented them. It liked to basically play slight jokes on it. And they kind of knew it was there. Mm. And so it was like cast with a friendly ghost kind of. But then, you know, over the decades and centuries, the family kind of changes. And eventually no one lives in the castle and it lives by itself. And it's like sad. And then a new modern hip family comes in it actually is very much like casper the friendly ghost i i think you're just describing casper (laughs) (laughs) maybe casper was based on this age-old tale of of a lonely ghost they used to be stealing back then this man was watching like disney channel like i remember i read this deep book it was was about these two kids they were twins no i lived in a hotel definitely was a book i read completely different from casper it was so deep you know because what happens is that that family comes and then they move back to like you know the uk or wherever 
the city and it hides in the drawer of one of their of some furniture and it, basically most of the book it ends up haunting their new home um and at one point it, it haunts or possesses like a computer game that that one of the kids is writing and and so it's almost you, like the brave little toaster like if it's is like that what happened in the brave little toaster <laughs> yeah you just mixing up all kind they of they all used to be alive did the brave little toaster possess a computer and say, take me? Home? I mean, he's clearly a possessed toaster. I mean, clearly it's a spirit. Gosh, that's like, a question, isn't it? Like, what? what's the explanation? Are they all possessed by ghosts? Or that's demons? what I'm saying. It's probably people who died in the cabin. Or angels. Back in the day. Mm. And then they all, you know, in, you know, so it's just ghosts. So it's like a Beauty and the Beast situation with the furniture, except they're not just people who became furniture. They're people who died and became furniture. And they seem yeah, pretty content. Say, yeah, and you could say that in this world, all "quote unquote" inanimate objects are actually just reincarnated people, you know, because everywhere they go, you, you you run into these characters, you know. Yeah. Oh, so. and then they age and die again in that show. Exactly. Exactly. And what happens wow. to them the second cycle of reincarnation? You mean? I mean, I guess the rules would be if they lived a better life, they would like move up to the next. So maybe they'd be human. Oh, so normal normal reincarnation karma yeah. rules. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they this was. They they lived a bad life prior, so this is probably a better one. Mm. Hopefully, they had evil inanimate objects. So some people, yeah, yeah. Speaking of uh, living a bad life, I've been watching The Good Place, and I have to say, I definitely was sleeping on the show. The show's hilarious and somewhat pro- thought provoking. Yeah, yeah, Shailene, she's she was watching it, and I'd pop in, you know, periodically. She gave me a rundown of what's going on. Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty. I don't. I want to say it's kind of deep, yeah. but it's definitely a comedy. You know, it has yeah, these yeah. thoughts to make you think about things. Um, it's smarter than I expected. Yeah, there's some moments where I'm like, oh, uh, I guess they're just gonna ignore like this little. You know, you just kind of learn to expect mm-hmm. that shows aren't going to catch every little nuance of a subject matter. But then, surprise, it would actually be a twist for later. Ooh. They did know about that nuance. Yeah, and I'm like, it's okay, pretty, it's cool. pretty intriguing. It's pretty yeah. intriguing. Anyway, welcome to Super Agile Bros. And today we are going to be talking about the overabundance question mark of video games. Does that make sense? Want me to explain it more? The overabundance question mark? Hold on, hold on, hold on. He said, Do you think? (laughs) Consider consider the following. All right, reading rainbow style. Consider the following Are there too many video games? And if so, why? I'm going to defer to LeVar Burton. <laughs> Reading Rainbow. I wish I was LeVar Burton. <laughs> Don't we all wish we were LeVar Burton? He's literally the coolest man. He like, really is. Like, what a what a stud. Like, literally, he is goals. Like, I want to be him. I want to age as gracefully as him. I want to be as relevant as he is still. I just want to be him. So You know, I think his... <laughs> Never mind, I'm not going to make that joke. He was great in Star Trek. I really enjoyed him. Yeah, he had cool sunglasses. <laughs> you know that man couldn't see. <laughs> he actually had, had, there's like a Manchurian candidate type episode where he's he's like hypnotized and people are sending him signals to assassinate, you know, leaders and stuff through his visor. Of course. Yeah. Well, it was that great. Sucks. Anyway, aren't there too many games? What do you guys think? There are quite a lot. I have too many in my backlog. I'll tell you There's that. There's so much. many games. There was a point where I was getting games on uh, 
the humble monthly thing because it was such a good deal. Like you'd get hundreds of games mm-hmm. in a year, and you could play them all on Steam. And a lot of mm-hmm. them were, you know, ones that came out maybe a month or two before, so full price games. But you know, you were, it was a subscription that was like maybe ten bucks a month, and you get like eighty to a like two hundred dollars worth of games. And I still have all those games like not even downloaded. On top of the games that I haven't played that I actually like physically bought, and then that doesn't take into account all the games that actually exist. Those are just the ones that I'm aware of. Hold on a second. So digital games, I can understand. But how often do you buy a physical game and then just don't play it? Probably once a year. Really? Yeah. I mean, that's not too much, I guess. Can you name some of the games you've neglected? Yeah. So uh, was that this year or earlier last year? I bought the uh, 35th anniversary Super Mario where it had the three of them, three or four of them in there. Ooh, okay. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I bought that and never played it. Um, some things fair, I that's, buy and that's three games, games that you bought and didn't play. True, yeah, it was a bundle. So I think this this question is: Are there too many games? There's like two parts to this. So so number one, I, I want to put firmly put blame on yes. one place or one thing for this dilemma, and I blame Steam. Particularly, Bruh. I I blame. I thought you were about Steam. to say Steve. I really thought you were doing. <laughs> no, no, no! It's all your fault. <laughs> that, that would just be like my speech impediment if I blamed you. But um, very well. I blame Steam, particularly the Steam Summer Sale, because I think what happened with the Steam Summer Sale is it started to create this like weird game economy where like games were just like man, fifty cents a dollar. Like you just boom, boom, boom. It didn't even matter. You just bought whatever was out there, mm-hmm. and so I think. And this is me once again. This is probably not true. This is just me saying what I believe. I think it created this idea that like games were just like something you could just throw out there, and it would just it. Somebody's gonna buy it if it's on sale, you know. So I think more and more people started creating these games, and it was just like. Just, they were just throwing it out oh. there and just hoping people would buy it, get 50 cents on it, put on sale, and like just created this system, uh, this economy, this digital game economy. And I think that fed into this lie that you could become an indie dev with no skill. Mm. And that created more games. And so I think that's the first part. Um, and, and, and also I want to add in, the, it's just accessibility to create games, right? Like there's so much more. But then I think there's too many games because simultaneously we now have a history of games. So games that existed in the past are getting re-released, remastered, repackaged, re you know what I'm saying? Re-sold. And we love those games. So we're going out of our way to buy them, to play them, to see them. And we just there's just too much now from the current games, coming games, and past. You see, regarding your first point about Steam sales, I would actually challenge that. I think you, I mean, I think you're correct to some extent, but I think even worse than Steam sales for that, for the, along the, blah, blah, blah. Worse than Steam sales, mobile game stores and similarly, the, uh, the really cheap eShop games, especially on the Nintendo Switch. Actually, I don't know. There's probably cheap eShop game or cheap, shovelware games on every storefront now but playstation's got them now playstation's got them okay i can believe it i know xbox got them uh but yeah like 
Nintendo is just swarming mm-hmm. with cheap games, and so is uh, you know every every mobile app store. And I think the abundance and the expectation and the popularity of these cheap games also drives the low effort shovelware expansion of games. Well, I would just say that I don't. Maybe maybe this is a discussion for another time, but I just don't count mobile games in this because I just feel like mobile games are just well, in their own world. I kind of want to like. I think in my mind when I think of games that like I think of like PC and console, you know, like. So not shovelware or not mobile shovelware because a lot of people are porting their mobile games to PC and other consoles. I mean, I think just mobile games in general. I mean, I think a port, if it makes it to a console, like, that's in consideration. But for me, I don't really, like, go, oh, man, I'm not going to play this mobile game, you know, because... Oh, I'm not going to play this game on my PS5 because of this game on my mobile phone. You know what I'm saying? Like, Mm -hmm. I play them very, very, like, differently. Like, I'm playing a random game right now on my phone, but it has no, like, impact on my normal gaming. You know what I'm saying? So, I, I take it we're all in agreement that if you consider the vast ocean of low effort, 50 cent games, you know, asset flips. Oh, something else to consider is that it's so easy to make games now because the tools to make them are so, are like, you know, becoming more powerful and more accessible and cheaper. So, I mean, more people are doing it. But anyway, I think, I think we all agreed that. There's way too many of those, but let's say, let's just, let's ignore them. Let's ignore all the low effort dollar, $2, $5 games. Even let's say all good games and all like triple A, double A, even like indie games, like games that actually were put effort as some sort of labor of love or Mm. some sort of requirement for massive cash, right? Games with marketing budgets. Mar- yeah, games with marketing budget. That's a great delineation. Okay. Are there too many of those? I think if, as far as time is concerned, yes. Because a lot of a lot of the games that are being built that fit that criteria, a lot of long games are being made. And so maybe maybe to just play a game, I mean, if you only want to play it for a couple hours maybe, but to like finish a game now, and to really fully experience a game, I think, yeah, there's more being made. Because I remember when I had Nintendo 64 and like games just rolled out slower, it seemed like. like the Games with marketing budgets rolled out slower. Sure. And so I'd have time to finish one before another one came. When I mean, if, if all you're doing is playing games, and I, I, I can see how you can get through a couple. But, I mean, there's probably at least, I'm not, I'm not, I would have to estimate like five big games every month it seems like you know i think i want to change how i phrase this question and and see what you guys think about this because kyle you made a point that you know i think is really really important that games now there's not just more games right i think the industry has grown there's more people to make games for you know there's people who like strategy games and simulator games and you know fps whatever right so the industry's grown so that makes sense to me that there's more games and that's not necessarily the problem but i think what you said kyle i think there's too much games (laughs) like 
I remember being able to play a game in like a weekend and like oh, get a good experience and get the full, you know, unless it was like an RPG, like, you know, an old school mm-hmm. turn-based RPG. Those like, you know, 50, 60, 70 hours um, or like really, really high level AAA games, you know. But, like, most games, I felt like, oh, you know, I could get my experience in a weekend. I could go to Blockbuster, rent the game, and then I could return it on Monday, you know? But I just feel like I can't think of a game that I could do that with, you know? Like, games are now, like, services. Think about Fortnite or Apex or Minecraft or anything, you know? They just go on forever. So you got to deal with those kind of games. And you got to think about games like what we've been recently playing, God of War. You know, like that game is massive. Like any way you put it, it is huge. And then you got God of War, you got Horizon Zero Dawn, Horizon Forbidden West, you got every (laughs) you got all everything, you know? And I just feel like even if this the titles were to reduce by half, I still think there's too much game out there. Yeah, that's a good point. That's an interesting Yeah, because I mean it makes sense because studios are becoming bigger. And there's a there's more of I think an expectation like all right mm-hmm. I want to get as much game as possible for my money, and you want you want to blow away the competition right you want to say oh my game has more depth and more breadth than these other games I can see that yeah the bar is continuously being raised and like you said that expectancy if a game is great and a fifteen hour experience it still gets you know, kind of reprimanded for being so short. It's like, oh, it was great, but I want more. It's uh, like I wish it was longer. Yeah, it's like you. It's like the, the forty hours used to be reserved for games like the RPGs or ones that had a lot of replayability. But now it's it's standard. Like they will pad a game if they need to, just to reach that forty hour mark. Mm-hmm. It's a shame. Yeah, like I, even games that I think are like. don't deserve that much time like i've been well i haven't been playing it i put it down because i've of this exact problem with mario and rabbits like overall i like the game like i enjoy the mechanics i like how it's been done but i think my biggest problem is that they've like added all this stuff that i don't want to deal with Mm -hmm. like and i think you have the same maybe had the same experience kyle but there's so much of this like walking around and finding these coins that don't matter and doing these stupid little puzzles just so i can get another weapon or something like that i'm like let me just play the main core game and if they just let me play the battles for those who aren't familiar with mario and rabbits it's just like a turn-based strategy game if they just let me play the the battles i think honestly the game would have been like maybe 10 hours long right (laughs) yeah but it felt like it was going to be 40 hours long because of all this stuff that like, it just feels like padding. Like mm. they had, like they're trying to hit that 40 hour mark or 30 or 20 or something. And I don't know, like in some cases I get it like a big game, like say the Witcher three or something like that. That game is huge. And those to me are like full course meal games. But I think like any other game should just be, let me play the game. Like, you know, old school, like, when you played uh, uh, Need for Speed or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever, it was like you played the game and you got bonuses and you put it out, you know, like there's no, no storylines. It was just the game. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. 
I was thinking, maybe I want to talk more about this later, but I was wondering what we we spoke in a previous episode about perfect games, but I wonder what you guys feel like the perfect game length is mm. or if there is one or maybe there's a game that stands out to you as like, oh, this game was the perfect length based on how much I liked playing it and when it finished. Like, what do you guys think about that? So I think that each genre of game kind of lends itself to a different length. And then even within that, whatever the gameplay loop is, you know, and then if it's a solo or multiplayer experience, like all these different variables, I don't think there's one perfect length for games. And then how often you play games, who you play games with, all those objective things. Sure, yeah, yeah. But for but for you, for me, I would say that probably around the 20 to 25 hour mark, I feel like most experiences get their point across and that they're not really doing anything new once you get around there. And so at least I want to know that the plane is coming down when I reach that point. Um, Got it. And and so I think that varies depending on the game too. But for me, I think it, it, it makes a big difference to play a game and it feel like it's going to end and it doesn't versus, you know, I guess the two opposites, which is ending way too soon and getting that weird feeling or it the ending never coming and you feel like you've wasted your time, even if you were enjoying the game, just because now the game or the developers, whoever you want to blame, aren't really, you know, taking care of your time. It, mm. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think you, I think you made a great point, Kyle, about the whole idea of like different genres lend to different lengths, and I think I, I'm just gonna assume that this is based on like probably like more linear experiences, maybe, because I feel like I feel like it changes for me depending, but like if it's a linear game, I think the perfect game length is whatever. Uh, let's see, Zelda Ocarina of Time's length was, <laughs> or Twilight okay. Princess. Okay, because sure. t- to me, those games, you know, maybe they're 30 to 40 hours, but I always felt like how do, I was progressing towards something. Like, they, the hours felt meaningful. You know, you know what? I, I don't even think I care about the time, like, per se. I just care that it's meaningful time, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, that... I'm not just doing like, you know, some games and, and we all play it where you're like on the main storyline and you need to get some medallion to place in a wall to open a door and you're you have the medallion, you go to the door and all of a sudden a big hawk flies and grabs the medallion medallion out your <laughs> right. arm and then you got to go chase it down. Like mm. to me, like that's just like, uh, you know, like let me just c- continue forward. Like, yeah. You know, and maybe that's a narrative thing, but it also just feels like the same with the gameplay. Like, it feels like, like, like how you're saying, like, I don't want to do the same thing over and over. I want to continue. Like, that's why I think Ocarina of Time and Twilight Princess are great examples, because I could see my inventory getting more and more new, cool, and interesting weapons. Mm-hmm. And once my inventory was full, I knew my game was about to end. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Oh, yeah, that is a good feeling. Yeah. So I think I think a lot of things what you said had to do with the pacing, um, because yes, because yes. because 
the, <laughs> that example you meant you you brought up was kind of heart wrenching, gut wrenching. The because every game I feel like, especially modern games, has that point where they kind of do a a false ending, where you know you've made it to the place where the characters or where where your story is supposed to end, and not to get into it before we get there, but God of War kind of does it. Um, mm-hmm. But it's all it, like you said, they can do it tastefully though, and I think a lot of games are get have gotten bad about doing it multiple times over. Because like if you do it once, I think you you kind of get forgiveness. It's like okay, we're just we're gonna pad the story out a little bit because you weren't done yet. I get it. But then if it happens four or five, six more times, where the the bad guy rushes in, <laughs> not this time, and foils you, it, it it gets old. It it genuinely does. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. The the two games that came to mind, two recent games, are both Nintendo games actually. Um, one was Super Mario Odyssey. Uh, I guess I haven't really answered my own question that well. I don't have like a perfect time. I think 25 hours sounds lovely. I'm more of like a, well, yeah, it sounds lovely. I did just play, I play, I have a lot of long form games that I love to jump into and spend lots of time in, but I find that as I get older, I get less interested in those. So like, I'm really, really excited to finally buy Elden Ring sometime, but I'm also really nervous that I'm going to be playing it and I'm just not going to have time to get into it. And it's my full first like souls like game. And it seems so massive. And I'm like, man, am I just going to, is it well paced? I don't know. So uh, two games that I loved, like in terms of, well, just in general, but specifically how I, f- I felt like they ended when they should have. First was Mario Odyssey. That was a game that was so full of life and things to do and delight. Yeah. You could spend as much time as you wanted in each zone, you know, finding moons. And then when you got bored, you probably had enough moons to go to the next zone and didn't have to worry about, you know, maybe once or twice you're like, oh, I got to finish. And the zones were pretty cool. You know, some were better than others, but they were well spaced out. And then at the end of the game, it was like, look, all these zones are refreshed. You can go keep playing, which I did. There's these two, like, dark of the moon zones. Yeah, those And there's, great. like, a secret level that's, like, a huge gauntlet level, and it's super cool. And I got to that, and it was like, you know, thanks from the developers for playing our game. And I was, I was like, sobbing a little. I'm like, it's finally over. <laughs> and that was it. Like, I still have that save file. I still goof around for a few minutes sometimes. But I've never felt the need to go back or play it again. And I'm like super content. Mm. On the other hand, Metroid Dread came out, I guess, last year. Wow. And um, that was a game that... It's a, so it's basically a linear experience, even though it feels like you are uh, exploring and figuring things out on your own. And it has those items, the same as you just described, where it's like, oh, I know that I'm pretty much done because... My inventory is beginning to fill out. Um, I spent a lot of time. So my first playthrough, I played 16 hours, which is kind of long. And I 100%ed it. So I got all the missile expansions. I got all the little secret doodads. Oh, wow. And uh, cleared the map. Uh, got lost a few times. Did all the little uh, boost puzzles. Like Had a lot of fun doing it. Took my time. Final boss was great. Never felt like I was rushed or anything. And I immediately started playing a game, playing again when the game ended. Mm. But I played on hard mode, and I beat that in about six hours. Didn't bother trying to um, 
100% it. I just played through for, for not for speed, but, you know, to not, to not, to, to stay on the track. And then once I beat hard mode, I was like, great. I feel good about this. They added like a new game plus. No, something they added. They added some more modes, they added a boss rush mode. I'm like, I'm good. So for me, that was like the perfect length. Uh, even though I played it twice, each playthrough felt like a different experience. Um, and to me, that was just perfect. Kept you know, my you, attention the whole time. You got me thinking because, you know, thinking about timing, I think the maybe the perfect game. And, and Okay, so I was going to mention that maybe me being an adult changes this. And it, maybe it does. Oh, maybe sure, we can talk yeah. about that later. But um, one thing I've noted is that I really do enjoy games that can be distilled within 10 to 15 hours and then they give you the option to kind of continue the experience if you want to right yes, like exactly like um uh, hades for example i you know we've talked about hades plenty and you know so our viewers are you know uh, familiar with it i like how hades did it where i had one goal uh-huh that took me about that long to get to let's be honest and <laughs> maybe less but like i hit that point and I felt like I beat the game. Now, I might have some misgivings because I felt like, oh, man, they did me wrong by sending me back, you know, or whatever. But, like, I felt like I got what I wanted out of that experience. And I felt like, yeah, there's so much more that I can do, aka, uh, you know, a la Steve playing the game forever. But <laughs> I feel like I got what I wanted and I felt like it was a great experience. You know, I could still give it a 9, 9.5 out of 10, even though I didn't experience everything. Because they really made me feel like I accomplished the goal that I wanted, you know, and the same for the Dead Rising. I think that's why I like Dead Rising a lot, because you play it, there's a limited amount of time, it ends. And honestly, you could stop there. But if you want a new game plus it or whatever, you can and get more out of the story, more out of the experience. But I feel like games that kind of, um, I don't know, uh, what's the word like? gate you from like getting that entire experience oh yeah are are what kill me like it's too much game because like for example and and then and then and then a game will go oh well do you just want to play story mode where there's no the game is easy right and da 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 and for me as a gamer that's like I, it's so hard for me to select that yeah. mode like it's like it's so hard and i just want to experience the game but to, for me to, I don't know, as a gamer, the pride in me is like, no, at least let me play it on normal, you know? Um, and Or at least just tell me, hey, you can play on normal, but you can, everything else is optional, side missions. Cool. Then I can just main path it, you know? Mm -hmm. um, basically, I love when a game has a main path, you know, because it, it lets me get what I want out of the experience, but I hate when I have to do everything in order to experience it, you know? You know what yeah. game... I think in rec a recent game that kind of did it really well and also in that kind of created its own um, system for how difficult the game was, was Breath of the Wild. Because from the moment you start that game, they have a, a mini tutorial, but then you can go to the final boss immediately and it'll be super difficult. So it's like, instead of telling you, hey, you want to play story mode, you go and experience the story to get better at the game as well as make the final boss less challenging by getting the divine beast or whatever you want to do, upgrading your hearts. And then you finally go to the end whenever you're ready type of thing. Like you could never fight the final boss if you wanted to. 
sure. Yeah, I, I don't know. I feel like it is. I think that works because it, it fits into what we're talking about. But I feel like that solution essentially just boils down to, hey, you know, our game is only interesting as long as you have a you own your own goal in mind. If you don't have a goal in mind, uh, then you're going to be bored. Mm. And if you meet your goal and you start getting bored, I guess that's time to, to beat Ganon now and finish the game. Like, it's kind of it, what it felt like. It's like, all right, well, I'm kind of done with this game. Let me go ahead and beat Ganon so I can say but I isn't that, it. But isn't that okay? Isn't that the perfect scenario where you can experience the game the way you want to? Yeah, you know? yeah. There's definitely you upsides know? to it. I just, and, and, I and even for me as a person who's always been a Breath of the Wild, uh, not not on the necessarily, like, the most positive side, like... Even though I never finished the game, I still feel like I enjoyed my time in it, you know? And it's similar with, uh, uh, what's the game you just talked about with Mario? Um, Mario Odyssey. Odyssey? Like, I didn't finish Odyssey, oh. but I, I feel like, I don't know, like, for me personally, like, Odyssey wasn't my cup of tea, per se. I, I enjoyed it. I had fun. And then I was like, okay, I get it. I can beat this game. That's kind of how I felt about it. And I was like, let me move on to something else. And, you know, I've played so many Mario games in my life, you know, like it's just, you know, another one par for the course. But but saying that, I, I really enjoyed my experience. You know, I'd still give it a nine, nine point five, you know, because it was every moment it was great. And then when I decided to step away, it wasn't because I hated the game. It wasn't because they did something wrong. It was just like, I'm good. And I felt like I could walk away because of you how like they you earned it earned at sixty dollar. Exactly. Mm. For me. Yeah. For me. And I, and I think that's OK. For you. So do you think it's better for games to have like a defined ending where it's like, all right, in my head, the game is beaten when I get to the end of the story. Maybe this is arbitrary. What do you guys think? So we were just playing, not again, not to get too much into it. We were just playing God of War. And this is such a big, deep game with lots of stuff to do. But I was playing it kind of in a rush because I wanted to talk about it with you guys. So I kind of decided, you know... I'll do a few side missions and I'll see what pops up in front of me, but I'm not going to go out of my way to clear everything that I see. I'm just going to try to stay on the main path and beat the story. And once I do that, I feel like I'll be done with the game enough to review it and talk about it with you guys. And that's kind of a recent example, but sometimes that's how I feel about a game that's like too large. Mm -hmm. I'm like, look, I just got to cut my losses and get to the end. And for you, you just said with Odyssey, you were, you didn't have to do that. You just felt like, yeah, I've played it. I've liked it. I don't feel like I have to do anything more. But for me, I do feel like I have to at least finish the story or finish, I guess, the intended experience. So do you think it's better for a game to have a so-called intended experience with a defined ending where someone will say, yes, this is what I did. Now I've beaten it. Now I can move on. Or do you think it's better for games to just kind of be wishy-washy and like, oh, you can just finish when you finish. And, you know, when you get bored, that's when the game ends. That's it. I, I think that for a game to me to feel like it was worth my time, it needs to reward my time in some way. So if it's a linear game, the short answer is probably yes to that. But if I guess I have I don't remember a recent game that I've played that I've really enjoyed that I didn't finish. So a lot of times I just feel compelled to finish them. But in most cases, oh, actually Guardians of the Galaxy is a game that I played quite a, for quite a few hours that I didn't finish that I don't really feel like I need to finish. Great game, but, you know, and I feel I hear that the ending is really good 
but it's one of those games where it, it gave me enough along the way that I felt like my time was spent well and I don't really need to return to it to finish it because there's, there's really nothing else that I'll get from playing it. And I guess it comes down to like a choice between it or a new game or a game that I actually do want to finish. But I think on the other side of that is a game that kind of doesn't end, but still has ways of bringing you back in. And so for me right now, that would be Fortnite, which I think in these live service games, if you want to call them that, that kind of reinvent themselves every couple of months. You know, they don't end, but they give you rewards and challenges. And, you know, it's a, it's one of the main multiplayer games I play. And so it has that nuance. And so the values has just got to be there in some way that I think endings on their own don't always supply. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, feel, I feel like it's, it's one of those things where some games have like they have something to tell you like i'll use horizon zero dawn like horizon zero dawn is a huge game right and there's something about horizon zero dawn and rob shout out to rob um who who we were talking about it it's one of those games that makes you want to play every bit of it like get every challenge do every side mission do every random objective right what do you mean and and I would say that it's because every side mission objective and things like that is meaningful mm. from a gameplay perspective, from a purely gameplay perspective. So every time I do one of these trials, I can get more. Um, I have an opportunity to get um, kind of like more experience, number one, and do another trial that eventually will get me a special set of gear. Right. Mm-hmm. And if and I'm like, oh, I really want this gear because gear has different impacts it's interesting way that they do the system so like it it number one it like has a like definitive like win condition like oh if i do this trial i'm gonna get something also the trials are fun and they challenge you to use like weapons and materials and things that you wouldn't normally use mm-hmm. and like teach you new skills because you didn't know like oh man I, the rope caster the rope caster allows you to hit an animal and stick them to the ground man this is really effective against these type of enemies you know so like every time you do a side mission you feel like you're learning something you're getting some experience equipment something like that and and it makes your main play your main story gameplay that much more enjoyable uh, right sure. and so the difficult part that actually came in that game is that i would spend all my time doing the side missions like I would never do any of the main story missions and like I I would only do what I had to do in the main story so I could get more side missions. And then there was a point where I pretty much did all the side missions and then I was just doing the main story and then I felt like it was dragging because it was like they had they wanted to tell me something, but they were like telling it to me in the most like like I don't know, like cinematic. The, I think. Yeah, like Kyle said it earlier, the pacing of it was like, okay, like I got to walk and I got to read all these diaries and then listen to these audio logs, but I'm walking through a facility and did it like, I would rather just a cutscene that told me all this <laughs> stuff, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, because the story was interesting, fun, and something that I think everybody would enjoy, but it just felt like it dragged on. So I, I don't know if I'm really answering your question, but, but I, what no. I'm saying... <laughs> but what i'm saying is that like i don't think either of those i don't think i like either more i think that a game just needs to really lean into what it is yeah. you know what i'm saying like and not try to be something it isn't 
if they make like why am i doing a deep like if the story is going to be mediocre in a sports game don't put the story in you know what i'm saying like just focus on making the, the sports game great what i would it be you know? fair to maybe summarize what you're saying is don't dilute your your like main gameplay with other gameplay that isn't fun or other other experience that isn't fun yeah. Yeah, or the elements. So like I like I said, I'm not answering your question, but really what I was saying is that like I think both are true. Like, yeah, I like games that just get me straight to the game and like let's go. Um but I think those games do really well because they know that that's the best part, right? Yeah. So they keep you on that track, mm-hmm. you know, so, you know. Yeah. That's what's so fun about Hades. It's just you're just running the dungeon over and over. <laughs> I think I, I think Did I, I tell it. you oh. Did I tell you guys I'm approaching like 99 or 100 runs in that game? Wow. So is that 100? Oh, that's, that's not 100 hours, but you can do a run in like 15 minutes sometimes. Huh? Um, I mean, I've never done one in 15 minutes. Have you? Jeez. Well, I mean, like if you die. Oh, correct. Yeah, I guess I have done them in 15 <laughs> minutes. No, it's less than 100 hours. You're right. Um, although it's probably, well, there might be more because I also spend time talking with people outside of runs. True. But not that much time. Uh, yeah, I've I'm like getting close to uh, to uh, friend being friends with all the gods and and doing a few other things I wanted to do. Finish some of the stories. Anyway, Hades is great. Uh, okay, well that's good talk. Uh, thanks for watching, everyone. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> I was like, so well, all right, ready. So ready. there's there's a lot of time. In these games, how do you guys? It's see, I think I know where this answer is going to go, or I think I know what clarifications you guys will make. How do you guys choose how you spend your money? Right, like when you're buying a new game, how do you decide out of all the games that are on sale, or maybe are currently hyped, or maybe just are old hyped, like classic games you want to play? Or something? like what when you have money to spend and you're looking to spend it, how do you spend it? And other than buying games, some, I know sometimes we, re- we replay games. So how often do you guys replay games you really like versus buying new games you want to try? Like, what's what does that strategy look like for you guys? Okay, so I'm going to answer the first question. I want to <laughs> because I think there's a, the 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 replaying games <laughs> objection <answer>. compound. <laughs> <laughs> I answer I answer later, but I think for me, at least now in my life. I only buy games if I know I'm going to play them. That's like pretty much now. <laughs> like I don't do what I used to do, which was like backlog games. Mm-hmm. You know, like I used to, oh, on Steam, there's a sale. Let me get it now because I know I want to play it, you know, or, oh, like there's a sale on X or, oh, I saw it in the store and it was really cheap. Like I rarely do that. I did that recently and I kind of regret it. Like I bought Deathloop. Like it was like on sale or something. Mm. How much but, was it on sale? Uh, you know, it was pretty new, so it was still like fifty or forty dollars. And okay, yeah. And I want to play Deathloop, but likelihood is that's going to be probably another six months before I get to it. Like honestly, when I think about it, and so I think my strategy now is just simply, I want to play you. I'm gonna if I want to play you, I'm gonna buy you now. Like if I want to play you now, I'll buy you now. You know, like I don't prep anymore like i used to when i was younger when if i had the money and the game was coming 
I'd buy it, you know? Um, so yeah, I think I'm more of just like this game. I play it now. I buy it now. I buy it now. I play it now. Like that's kind of my strategy. I think for gaming at this point, I would say that I'm definitely moving more towards that point. Um, there have been, yeah, I would say I'm still in a place where if a game looks interesting, especially if it goes on sale or if at, if it's at that early access discount, I'm more likely to buy it. But I, I would say that it's just as likely I'll buy a game with the intent to play it and not play it that Classic. that I'll buy it with the intent to play it and play it all the way through and play nothing else. So I, I just really don't know <laughs> until I have it in my hands what I'm going to do with it. But uh, it's it's been a while since I've paid full price for a game, or it's ra- it's rarer now that I'll play that I'll okay. pay full price for it, even, even if I want to pl- even if I want to play it. So you're saying that you you don't buy games when they're on sale. You just buy them when you want to play them, but you also don't pay full price for them. Did I hear that right? Well, you're trying to change what I'm saying. I'm trying to summarize what you're saying. Did I hear that right? <laughs> no, Please no. He said that he buys game. If he sees a game that's on sale and it's something he wants, he'll get it. You know, oh, okay. With the so, intention of playing it in some it. short got form. It, got it. No, and actually, and actually, I was gonna say like it's funny that you say that, Kyle, because I was just thinking. I was like, you know, I'm actually just in a constant backlog state. Like I'm right. never playing the game that I want to play that just came out. You know what I'm saying? Like I still haven't played Elden Ring because. I just know I won't have time to play it, you know? And so every game, yeah, I get on discount because I'm like, I'm not going to play full price because I'm not going to play you now <laughs> at full price, you know? <laughs> and and to be honest, like, I regret buying games when I saw them on sale because I recently bought a game when it was on sale, didn't play it for a while. Then by the time that I was ready to play it, it was on sale for a cheaper price. Oh, uh, even more discounted. Mm-hmm. And I might as well have just waited. Because, like, games are always on sale now, you know, if it's not the first, like, weeks or yeah. months, you know. There's a huge, a huge reward for waiting to buy games. Unless they're Nintendo games and they become rare and they double in price <laughs> on Amazon <laughs> eBay. Right. Yeah, I, I've had, I've seen where games will go on sale, but the sales are, like, so inconsistent. Um Sure, yeah. So I don't, oftentimes, I guess I don't have the opportunity to see that a game is cheaper than it was, how cheap, how much cheaper it was when I got it. But so rarely do I regret. But I will, I'll, I'll, I'll agree with you, Steve, on Nintendo games that it's rare if they go on sale at all, much less change in price. In the first couple of years. Yeah. yeah. They are proud yeah. of their games. So I think that I used to have the mentality, or I've up until now, basically, I've had the mentality Kyle was describing, which is, oh, here's I'll put the games that I want to play on a wish list, and I'll get a, I'll get some sort of email when they're on sale, and that's when I'll buy them, even if I'm not ready to play them in that moment. But what I'm realizing is that I really should have the mentality that Brad has, which is, don't buy the game until I'm about to play it right now. Because I'm also in a state of perpetual backlog. Um, I mean, I, I, gosh, let me look at my Steam backlog right now. It's insane. <laughs> but like, actually, you know what? I'll say this. It's not insane. It feels insane to me because I know how, how long it's going to take me to get through it. But I know people with 
dozens and dozens and dozens of games in their backlogs. Oh, that yeah. They probably will never, ever play Kyle. And uh, that would stress me out. Guilty as charged. Not to mention games you get for free from like PlayStation Plus and yeah, uh, Game Pass if you have it. Like, no, man, I, I could never do Game Pass because Re- I want to finish games. I don't want to just like, you know, dabble real, in them. Real talk. I had an experience where I bought a game on my PlayStation and I didn't get to it quick enough and it showed up on PlayStation Plus, Oh, you know, and I was like, see, this is why I don't buy games. <laughs> this that I, is I why. Don't, like I might as well have just waited out because by the time we got to PlayStation Plus, I probably was in the market to start playing it. So it's like, yeah. man, it's it's uh, it's tough. And and I just want to shout out Soy because he wrote in in our our, our podcast discussion thread. He said, also time is undefeated. <laughs> you know, like yes, games yes. just fit in where it, where they can. Yeah. You know, and I feel like that's kind of how it feels with there being too many games, too much game, whatever you're. You, you know you want to call it it's like Mm -hmm. at the end of the day it doesn't even matter how many games i purchase or buy or want or whatever it's like i just got to get it in when i can you know um and just hope for the best yeah and i think the issue an issue i have now is that i'm beginning to have two competing philosophies about what the games are that i want to play on one hand i've always been super into I'll just play things at my own pace whenever I get to them. That's how I grew up. I didn't play a lot of games. I, you know, I've, I've talked about it. I didn't have an avid gamer phase uh, until like, eh, like a little after college, maybe, or during sometimes some the end of college. And so there's lots of games that I didn't play until much later, and I was happy with that. Mm-hmm. And so part of me, thinking along those lines, I just have this huge backlog and I'm like, these games are so great. I can't wait to play them. When I finish this one, I'll start the next one on the backlog and I don't need to buy anything. You know, I'll just have my, I'll just have these really old games on my wish list. And when they go on a steep enough sale, I'll add them to the backlog because I want to play them too. On the other hand, as I had become more of like a, an like hobbyist gamer and I've made a lot of friendships in that space uh, I'm more involved with like the hype around new games. So again, Elden Ring, huge hype. And it hurts me so much to see all my friends playing and talking about it, not to mention YouTubers and news articles about it and all the stuff that keep popping up everywhere. in my feed. It's everywhere. And I'm like, oh, I wish I could play this. <laughs> and so that that feeling, not just missing out. Well, yeah, kind of, yeah. I'm missing out on on the shared experience of games. Like, I would never play Apex Legends except for with you guys. It's just not my type of game. I don't really enjoy this kind of thing. But even something like Elden Ring is kind of outside of my... To some extent, it's super me. But in other respects, it's outside my wheelhouse. It's just unknown to me. Mm -hmm. And I probably wouldn't have been as hyped as it was coming out. And a game like Mario Odyssey or Metroid Dread... 100% 100% is part of my old philosophy. So that's why I had so much joy playing it. Plus, I think I had more time to play those when they came out. And so I'm just, I'm like, on one hand, I just want to go through my backlog and just basically backlog myself forever. Play old games as they go on sale and as I have time. But I also am fighting to play new games as they come out and like enjoy them with my friends as my friends are playing them and expose myself to new genres and experiences and things like so it's hard. It's hard to make that choice. 
Uh, right now, I'm basically like, I'm going to buy one or two big games a year, probably. Um, maybe, and just hope that I can play them. If I can't play them, I'll play, I'll, I won't buy. I might buy one every year or two. Other than Dread, I don't think I bought any major games last year. You got me thinking about, I had a similar experience, yeah, where I, I liked games a lot when I was younger, but I didn't have a whole lot, you know, because, yeah, once you get to later in high school, college, it's when you finally get money, right? So you can start to buy. Mm. I mean, gaming is a, it can be a pretty expensive hobby, you know, consoles every couple of years, games being. It's it's expensive for us, I would say. It was expensive up to a point, but we have reached a level of luxury and, and, you know, the class of our income makes it not really that expensive unless you're just going you're just balling out and like buying everything you see (laughs) right but as teenagers it absolutely was expensive you know when you're on an allowance or on a minimum wage job or something Mm -hmm. 100 percent. yeah and so in that like the thought process back then was especially in high school if i want a new game i have to sacrifice my old games to get it and so Mm. in getting a new game my backlog would also reduce like if there were if it happened to be a game i hadn't played or an old game that I might play again. Either way, it was it was gone. You know, GameStop got it, and I got my new game. And it's like now the whole that's flipped flipped over, especially because of Steam, because you can't return anything easily, right? But and so like your backlog is continually growing, and it's not even the same situation. But I also think it's got like a a bit of a psychological thing to it because I don't. I mean, if you if you like, I'm, I'm not a, I'm not a game hoarder. I wouldn't say, but. I enjoy having a library and Steam allows me to do that in a way that I couldn't when I was younger and would have liked to have had a library. I I would say that like, I mean, fundamentally times have changed, right? So how games are distributed, how we deal with them is different. So like, it's a very different dynamic than when we were children, right? And I mean, definitively, there were less games when we were younger, right? Like 100%. That's just a fact. Oh, yeah. But also the distribution system was very different. So like Blockbuster was huge. I think I mentioned it's like it was huge for me and my brother and sister, right? Mm-hmm. Like we we more or less got the opportunity to rent a game at least every other weekend, maybe once a month. Like it just kind of oh, depends. Wow. I can't really remember. Mm-hmm. So like you pay and we had a Blockbuster membership. So, you know, you go there and you pay like, you know, $3 or $5 to rent the game, you know, for the day or two or however long, right? Yeah. So a lot of times how we played games in my and my childhood was like, get it in, boy, because you ain't getting it again. You know what I'm saying? So a lot of games that I played, I played f- like binged them. You know what I'm saying? Like we didn't own many games, but I played a lot of games. You know what I'm saying? Because of that right, right. that ability to rent. And I feel like nowadays, I don't know if kids have that same experience or opportunity to like rent games. So they're kind of almost at the liberty. They're almost forced to have to get a huge backlog, right? They have to buy games on sale. They have to, you know, like if I was a kid now, I probably wouldn't get a chance to play as many games because my parents just simply wouldn't fork over a credit card <laughs> for me to buy a game even if it was five dollars on steam um and i feel like now as an adult yeah like the finances aren't an issue but like 
I don't, I don't, I don't know. Like, I feel like, like you were saying, Steve, like you kind of have these two like philosophies that are like bouncing their heads against each other. Like one, you want to enjoy the games the way that you enjoy them. And two, you want to enjoy games with your friends. Like, I feel like I have the same issue as well. Mm -hmm. And I feel like in the past, when I was a kid, I could do both at the same time because I would rent a game. My friends would come over and we'd play it together or whatever, you know? And then, like, it would go back to the store, and the you know, and that's it. You know, that's the end of that experience, and you know, we move on to the next one if we get lucky. You know, and then also we, I didn't get new games except for like on my birthday and Christmas. So whatever <laughs> game I got was deeply researched, uh-huh. <laughs> for the most part, as much as I could research it back then. And it, even if it was Garbo, I was playing that game a oh. hundred plus hours. Play the mess out of those. You games. know. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so without a memory, like card. it was bad for me because my birthday was like right after Christmas. So Ooh, like, I, mm-hmm. you ain't getting you know, that. I didn't. I I had one one time a year. <laughs> oh snap! <laughs> you, better, you better get the right one. The struggle is yeah. real. You know, so I don't. I don't know. I, I just feel like it's a dilemma, and, and, and like I just you know I I think about myself as an adult. But like, let, let me ask y'all of this: Do you feel like kids in this time are Missing out on the experience of really enjoying games, like in the way that, like, it, it, there's a lot more games. There's a lot much, a much more games. Please, but like, the, all the kids really. I mean, if I was a kid, all I would play was Fortnite. You know what I'm saying? Or like one of these live service games. But I wouldn't be playing all these other like unique experiences, and you know what I'm saying? Like, and without a blockbuster or something that exists, like, how do you even? engage with them other than to buy them you know i feel like kids this day and age if their parents aren't doing really well are probably having a really difficult experience just enjoying games other than mobile games maybe I don't well know. i mean you you're right compared to the parents compared to the kids who have parents who are doing well but i think compared to when we were kids the kids who had parents that weren't doing well they just didn't play games at all or they, or may, I don't know, maybe they rented a lot. But even, I mean, I didn't rent games. We had a GameCube and we never rented, as far as I remember. Um, so I think even Fortnite is better than nothing. Yeah, free games definitely have changed. And free free and mobile games have really changed, I think, what kids even play. Like, I guess the only yeah. points of reference I really have, like my nephews and my wife's brother. Son, I guess my son and, and your uh, wife, brother-in-law. I was going to say son-in-law because <laughs> he's really he's, he's a whole lot younger than us. Um, I think so. You know, to see what what they get into, it's really very reminiscent of when I was coming up. At least they only have a handful of games that they play. But I will say the biggest difference is that you know they have phones or they use their parents' phones and they watch a lot of gaming YouTubers. And so they'll watch them play Minecraft and Fortnite and Mario Odyssey and even GTA because they have all the mods and stuff with all the superheroes. Like, So I think they have different outlets to get more into gaming. If And I think that's also if their parents aren't big gamers because my my, my brother and his, and his wife, they don't play a whole lot of games. So my nephews don't play a whole lot. My sister isn't in the game, so her son doesn't play a whole lot. And then, yeah, my uh, my wife's little brother, they don't even have internet at their house. And so, you know, he, he's got an Xbox One. And so he plays 
plays that, but so I think I think it also depends on where the parents are at as far as gaming. You know, if they have a Steam account, then I think the kids are probably much more. Uh, Oof, man, my kids are going to be hooked up on Steam. Yeah, because there was a guy actually at my church who's a pretty avid gamer. He's got a Steam account. He actually, you know, you made six Steam accounts years ago. Whenever Call of Duty was, you know, they had the land parties through Steam, and he used to do a big thing. So he's a big gamer. So. His kids are, you know, really into it. And so it's, it's a completely different side of the field. A lot of different variables play into it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, w- I wonder, like, I, that's an interesting thought. I never I thought about, Kyle. Like, like the way, like, maybe kids these days are doing basically the same thing, if you think about it. Like, for me, right, you know, I would say I grew up lower middle class, you know? Um, and so... And then I had two siblings. So basically everything that we got was communal, right? So we had N64. If we bought a game, it was all of our games. You know, it's like, <laughs> and, and so, but it was perfect for my parents because they would buy us one gift for all of us. Mm-hmm. Right? You know what I'm saying? So it oh, kind of okay. worked, worked out. Um, and some people laugh because when I was a kid, like I, I, I knew Christmas, I got one gift. Like one group gift and then one gift that was maybe my own. Yeah. But it would be like, oh, I get like some like new, like a new shirt, like with like Mario on it. And then, then I get a game with that all three of my siblings, we all would play together, you know? Um, so, you know, limited exposure. But the thing that really kept me connected was, uh, uh, like gaming magazines mm-hmm. that I would get from like GameStop or from my friends or whatever. And that was kind of my YouTube, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, that's how I heard about every game and like, oh, the new, you know, the new like uh, siphon filter and the new Halo, the new this and that. Like, I would read it like as if I was there playing the game. Right. Now, kids have YouTube. It really so, made you feel like you were playing. Yeah. <laughs> really? Like, honestly, those days, like reading those magazines were like my favorite part of the month. They were really well, it, well written. Cover to cover, man. I'd read them cover to cover. And... So, and I would just be watching YouTube now, I guess I was a kid, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I think, you know, there's definitely probably more uh, opportunities for kids to play games, but I do definitely think, like, think about what what we, what we were playing. We were playing Flash games, you know? Like the free yeah, Flash yeah. games. That's basically the Fortnite. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you dang, know, you're right. Of, of we were playing low-tier garbage games. That's we? Whatever crazy. we could get our hands on. Mobile games. Mobile games are basically the, the new era of Flash games. 100%, right? Yeah. You know? Like, it's free, it's accessible, and you don't need to have, like, a beefy computer or anything special. Mm-hmm. You just need a computer. And it looks just device. as trash in a lot of cases. Just as trash. Operates just as trash. But kids love it. I loved it, you know? So Sure, yeah. Special place in my heart. So given given the scarcity of time and uh, the large backlogs that we have and the just the sheer rate of well, would you guys agree that like that a lot of really high like just think about the games that you would want to play that came out and get come out in a given year? Would you agree that even like the high quality nice games that cater to you specifically, there's too many of them? I feel like we might have touched on this earlier, but I want to like Somewhat. make yes. sure we're on the same page. I yes. would say that I would say yes. There's okay. too many good games out there. Yeah. Okay. So given the scarcity of time and the quality of these good games, 
Where do you get off replaying old games when you could be playing new games? Aggressive question. Do, do you, <laughs> that really felt, yeah, like, this felt, I feel offended. I don't know. I feel attacked. Um, you should be attacked. No, I, I'm, a, I'm a main offender. I, I haven't done it recently, I guess, but I replay old games sometimes. I used to replay old games a lot. Let, let me let me let me just be really real like i think that when i play a game okay i want to enjoy myself sure that's that is my primary goal my primary goal is not to be cool or be with the coolest game that's out or you know like impress anybody my goal is to have a good time and, of course and it's kind of like choosing a show on netflix or hulu or mm-hmm. any of those re- weird streaming platforms I don't randomly click on anything. Even if I know it's ne- like people have been saying it's good, I won't necessarily dive into it. What I'll end up doing when I'm not sure is go back to a show that I like, that I know I'll have a good time with sometimes, you know? Like, oh, let me just watch some Bob's Burgers because I know I'll have a good time, you know? And I think that's how I feel about backlog, I mean, old games, is that I know I'm going to have a good time. Like, I'm not going to go in there. I have to go through a five-hour tutorial um, I can't play with my friends. Then when I try to play with my friends, other people can jump into my game. And then I try to, you know, we try to get in a party together. And then like eight hours have passed and I haven't really played the game. You know, even though this is sure. the game that everybody loves. Mm. You know, you guys probably know what game I'm talking about specifically. Um, and Maryland, right? I do that. No, <laughs> no. I'm surprised you guys didn't catch this. A game that we played together about catching monsters and you're a hunter and you're trying to play with your friends, but you can't play at the same time. No, I, I, Pokemon. I know you're talking about. My bad. Pokemon. Funny. He's talking about Pokemon. <laughs> He's talking about Pokemon. But anyway, I, I say all that to say, like, the reason I play backlog games, or, or, I'm sorry, I keep saying backlog games, old games, is because I know I'm going to have a good time. And that's simply it. Like, I don't so have So, by, would you say that your default is to play an old game unless you see a game that you're like, oh, now this this looks good. I need to play this right now. Same with Netflix. Is it the same mentality? Mm. I mean, I think the reality is since I have so little time, it tends that I play a game that I haven't played. Um, but I play old games when I'm not sure what to play, if that makes sense. It's like your filler experience. Exactly. Like, I normally watch newer stuff on Netflix or Hulu or something. But when I'm sitting down and I'm not sure what I want to watch, then I'll normally watch an old show. You know? Mm-hmm. Let me tell you something, buddy. What I do with my yeah. time is my choice. I just wanted to respond to your question with the same amount of aggression. Not if I have, not if I have anything to say about <laughs> it. But I, I ultimately... So, when you say old games, do you mean games that came out a while back that I haven't played, or ones I have played? I mean games that you've played before, either to completion or just over time. Uh, Old to you. Old to me. Old to you. Like, I've played Half-Life 2 probably a dozen times. I've never played Half-Life 1. I will never play Half-Life 3, because it won't exist. But I've played that game a lot. I think there's only one game. That I go back to every couple of years. Otherwise, the old games that I do play are maybe a year or two old. And it's only because I'm playing it with someone else. But the game that I go to every couple of years is Gotcha Force. And it's purely for Mm. the nostalgia. Uh, 
that game holds up super well. And there isn't a game that I at least have access to that scratches the same itch. Even it, it's it's jank in a lot of ways. Like it came out in like 2003 or something. So, you know, no no patches, unfortunately. Um, but not, now that I mentioned patches, actually. that So that's another reason why I don't play a lot of modern games is because when they come out, they're buggy messes. And I don't want to pay full price for a buggy mess. But no, that'd be stupid. Right. So, are you say, so are you saying that you don't replay any other game other than Gotcha Force? As like, far as like in, a in, in, really old game, well, not I think I think what Steve was saying, is yeah, that not it's an old not game. old. He means old like, why do you replay games oh. when you have other games to play? Yeah, yeah that's yeah. essentially what he was trying to say. Like, so is that the yes. only game that you replay? No, I mean, like I play Fortnite a pretty good bit every every couple of months. I'll get back to but it. but wouldn't you say that Fortnite is a new game because it's a live service? They're always adding new stuff. Like, Plus, you're playing with your friends. I you would know, think about like a, a a replay game, a game that's static in time. You know, so a game that's like, frozen yeah. in time that I, I continually play. Um, Mario Kart would probably be like the only thing. Ooh, yeah, okay. But no, there there so, aren't uh, like any story based games that I've played through again. Really, that's interesting. So I wasn't even yelling at you just now. You, you've completely dodged my ire. Yeah, Kyle, Kyle, Kyle is literally the ultimate gamer. He yeah. only plays forward. He's like a <laughs> carnivore. He only he, he only eats new meat. Like he's never. He's like, nope. I'm not. I already played that. So Why would I've, I do that again? I've tried a couple times, but even even games that have you know new new game plus mechanics, if you want to call it that. I mean, you just start over with your same stuff. And so you're like really powerful in the beginning. Mm-hmm. The, I I know what's gonna happen, and so it doesn't really it doesn't feel like I'm doing anything new whenever I'm playing a game, a linear game again. Sure. And so I don't. I, I'll say this: I have I have kind of the same issue with rewatching movies a lot of times. Is sure. The, I have I have a hard time forgetting experiences, and so. Doing it again, even if it's still, even if it's fun, I guess, kind of, if the story beats are the same, I feel like I'm going through the motions and it just, it just like irks me. It feels like I'm wasting my time. Like physically, I feel like I'm in pain. See, I feel the same way about story, but with movies and probably with games as well, there's other elements that I enjoy. Like with a movie, if say a comedy, right? Like if I'm watching a comedy, even though I know the joke is coming, Maybe there's like a visual gag that I really maybe there's like there's elements of artistry that aren't spoiled by my knowledge of them. In fact, they're like, oh, I didn't even notice that. Mm-hmm. You know, when he when he clapped his hands twice and it was really funny, but like the third the person next to him was also clapping. I didn't see. There's, sometimes there's more details to see. Sometimes it's just reappreciating the same details. Like, oh, I just love the face when Scott Pilgrim, you know, realized that all of Ramona's exes weren't ex-boyfriends like that's a fun gag or actually the actual fun gag is him jumping out the window when uh, his roommate is like oh yeah he just left that junk's hilarious I will watch Scott Pilgrim with anybody who asks <laughs> probably within a month no without a month uh, anyway sorry uh, no, it's that's okay. interesting that you only think about the story I guess well, when you're watching and playing well I was going to say 
Well, go ahead, Kyle. Yeah, I was just—I'll admit that there are outliers for sure, but ultimately, that's where I am. So, sure. so yeah, there are, okay. there are movies and games that I would be willing to do a, to play play or watch again. I just typically don't. So interesting. So okay, I got a question for you, Kyle. But I also wanted to. So okay, so okay. I totally get what you're saying, Kyle. Mm-hmm. Movies are like that with me as well. I mean, I already struggle with most movies because I feel like most of them are like easy to figure out exactly what's going to happen, and they're just so boring to me. But like, I feel that there are some movies that I really like. For example. Ex Machina, like I, I could watch that a lot, um, or of course my movie, my favorite movie of all time, uh, Sunshine. You know, but most, <laughs> but Sun, like Ex Machina is a movie I watch by myself again oh, because wow. I just love the the, impl- impl- the implications of what's going to happen. I love sci-fi, mm, right? The implication, you know. So like I'm like, ooh, interesting. Thinking about it and like little nuances that I missed the first time because mm-hmm. it's a really cool movie. But like Sunshine, I won't watch by myself. Right. I only rewatch it with other people because I want them. I love reliving that experience yes, with other people. The people, people you watch with make a movie make, sometimes. Sometimes. So, like, I can watching somebody yeah. watching Sunshine again is my favorite experience <laughs> in life because I, I don't even want to talk about it. If you haven't seen Sunshine, you just need to watch it. But, um, but I was going to ask you, Kyle, mm. so would you say that most of the games that you play? would be single player story based games like and 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 what i mean is like a game with a heavy narrative element to it like those are, are not th- just a plot but it's heavily plot focused like is yeah like oh. for example we're going to talk about god of war but god of war has a heavy narrative heavy that drives it so yeah. would you say that most of the games that you play are heavily narrative games the ones i lean toward most Yes. Um, typically, I, I'm playing by myself. And so those, I guess, are the the things that make the most sense to me. Um, when I was younger, I did play, I guess, mo- a lot of more multiplayer games. And so, but I guess that doesn't count as playing by myself, you know, because I'd usually get, hop on with, it'd be strangers, like, a, you know, Halo lobbies and stuff. But that was just where I was at. So now, yeah. I'd say if if a ga- if if a game plays out in more like a movie but has really strong gameplay elements then I I would likely be drawn to it. Interesting. In- so like the Last of Us mm-hmm. Telltale games. Spider-Man. Not Telltale games. Telltale games cross a line for me. Sure. All right, that's that's understandable. Spider-Man, Spider-Man of course, God, sure. of War, God of War. You know, any yeah. anything with that kind of narrative. And that so that actually makes a lot of sense of why you don't like to replay games or or that you don't replay games a lot. Because for me, the games that I replay tend to be like mechanic heavy. Mm-hmm. Like yes. like I play a lot of the the turn-based strategy games again because like the story is like whatever most of the time they're like absolutely nonsensical. <laughs> but but the mechanics are really fun and like every time i play i could play the same exact scenario 10 times and it'll play out differently uh-huh. right or uh you know like i said dead rising dead rising the story is the story but every time i play it it's a little different and i approach it differently i try to optimize it i try to something different and it's a mechanics every game and i assume that gotcha force is a more mechanics game than it is a story game it's like Am I right? You are correct in that assumption. 
us. Interesting. So, so I, you know, we're kind of on Kyle now, but I think that makes sense. Like, he wouldn't replay a lot of games because why would you replay? Like me, I probably will never replay Spider-Man unless there was something that I like fundamentally missed about a mechanic or something, you know, that makes the game new. You know, it's like, Same. you know, like yeah. I'm just playing for the story and, you know, the the ride, the journey, you know. Exactly. And I think that's why the new game plus wasn't interesting to me. Because I think Spider-Man has great gameplay, all the mechanics and stuff, you know, the different gadgets, super fun. But it, it just wasn't valuable to me to start over with everything. It it doesn't, because, yeah, I was there for the story, which I'd already experienced. So when the DLC came out for the first Spider-Man, I was all over that. You know, like I put, I dropped whatever I was playing after Spider-Man came out just to play the new DLC, which is fantastic, by the way, if, if you're able to get it, if you're playing through it. But new story yeah. will, will draw me back to a, a game I've played before. So so let me, like, like now I, I just have this question now. Mm-hmm. Is it that games, like, is it that there's too many games that are like narrative now as well like i don't know like i feel like there's like this weird thing was it you kyle or steve were talking about it's like you can't play too many like narrative games at the same time you know like you know it's like and i'm similar it's like i can only play like one game that has like a really strong story because i have to pay attention to that one and I might play other games around it, like oh, I'm gonna play Pokemon Unite and you know Triangle Strategy or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, it isn't just the story; it's about the it's about like the complexity of the game. Yes. Like something mm-hmm. like God of War doesn't just have a strong story; it's just such a big world. Yes, everything yes. about it. Gets you know, deeper. Like if I, especially especially because I was on something of a time crunch. But even if I wasn't, it's it's not something that I would want to balance against. Like Halo or something, like you know? three other games that are j- maybe just as intense. Like, yeah. like I could play Fortnite, Apex, Triangle Strategy, Pokemon Unite, and whatever all at the same time, mm-hmm. right? So wow. and enjoy <laughs> myself, like within the same you know he period. He plays of time. games. He uses but his feet I couldn't with the controls. but I couldn't play Witcher Three, God of War, and Spider Man at the same time. No, God, like, no. You know, you die and. So that makes games even more oppressive. <laughs> it's, because it's you like, might be right. Yeah. yeah. And it, so like when I was playing God of War, I was trying to focus on it for you guys. But I was also playing Hades and a little bit of Mario Kart on the side. Uh-huh. Um, and only only Mario Kart because the DLC came out recently. Like I didn't play any computing game, computer games. Not really. Uh, I would have played Gears with my friends. I was just too busy. But other than that, it was pretty much just Hades and Mario Kart and God of War. I think you brought up a, a good point, Brad. Um, but we've kind of been maybe dancing around the point. But another reason why we choose a game over other games is just how much focus it takes to play a game. Yeah. Because, yeah, those three you mentioned, because of the story, because of how deep the games are, because they add on new mechanics as these 40-hour stories play through. That takes a tremendous amount of focus to keep track of all that stuff. And then the game's also getting more difficult. And so, that, you know, if you're, if you're playing all three of them, I bet all three of them are on story mode. Like, there's no way that you're actually having engaging combat experiences or the puzzle mechanics are actual, actually challenging you or whatever it is if you're playing them all at the same time. There's absolutely no way. 
Y'all, I cannot wait till we talk God of War because I got to tell y'all about how me trying to start the new game plus, <laughs> what that experience was like. Oh, I would love <laughs> you to know? hear this. But like, no, I agree. It's like, it's just, it's just that how games are now. Like, cause, cause, cause to me, okay, first of all, let me, let's be super real. Like you were saying earlier, Steve, there's just a lot of shovelware games out there, right? Like there's a lot of garbage. So too many games might be a misnomer because yeah, there's thousands, thousands of games, but let's be honest, we probably are only interested in like 3% of those games, mm. right? Like in reality, like I'm not interested in most indie games unless they're of a high quality and doing something different. And mm-hmm. even with the AAA games, not every AAA game is interesting to me, you mm. know? Like, yeah, honestly, like in a year, I probably only care like of new games that are coming out. There's maybe two to three games that really draw my attention that I'm like, oh, I actually want to buy this and play this. Yeah. You know, a lot of games, like, I think we were having a discussion before, like, oh, a lot of games are, like, interesting and, like, you'd be interested in checking out, but, like, you don't necessarily, it's okay if you don't, you've seen enough of it online or enough trailers or enough YouTube videos to feel like you've gotten something. Like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, this game seems cool. Um, so the reality is, like, there's a lot of games, but there's maybe not too many games. And this is my, this is my opinion. And, and y'all can okay. share your opinion. It's just that the games that do exist that we might want to engage with are just so, like almost like a I don't want to say a second job, but it's like you have to really work through them. Like you can't just oh I'm gonna casually sit down and play Spider Man. Like no, like I have to sit down and play Spider Man continuously and finish it so I can go on to the next thing. Right? Like I can catch exactly how it's I a feel, commitment. Yeah. I can. Yeah, it's commit commitment. There you go. It's commitment. Like these games are so much more of a commitment now, you know, than they were, at least for me personally, I feel in the past, you know, like, cause if you play Zelda, like over of time, you could say whatever you want to say, but the systems weren't super complex. There wasn't a RPG, like sphere, sphere grid upgrade system with multiple, right. you know, no skill things. trees. Yeah, skill trees and like, oh, like swapping out of runes and tablets and, you know, outfits and gear. Like, it was just like, hey, this weapon does this and this weapon doesn't do this. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And I just feel like games are just just too in, too much. They're dense. You know? Every dense. game is dense. A commitment. Yeah, it's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean... I was so happy that we chose to play God of War because it kind of joins my two philosophies. Mm-hmm. It's a game that I bought physically. I'm ashamed. I bought this <laughs> physically and didn't play it for years. Hey, but now look <laughs> it at it. It was sitting on my shelf. Yeah, I was that man. Um, it was it was something I always wanted to play. I just never really put the time down to play it because it looks so dense and I'd heard so many good things about it and I really wanted time to just, you know, chew on it. Yeah. It's, it's a feast. But it's also a game that, you guys that I got to experience through, you know, with you sort of kind of almost. So I kind of, this was like a happy intersection of my two philosophies. That's why I was so happy to do that. And that's also why I'm so against doing, I mean, we've talked a little bit offline about this, but like doing lots of video game deep dives, unless it's a game that's kind of already in my backlog. I don't want to like bring new games into my life and I'm going to have to play like God of War when I could be playing other games that I actually wanted to play, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's hard, man. It's a hard choice. 
I mean, the same goes for like anime and, and TV mm-hmm. and everything else. But like, there's mo- it's easier to consume that stuff. Games are like they're active. They take effort. They're active. You know? It's funny because even though we didn't have like a decision on that, we we're gonna talk about God of War on this podcast, and you know, like oh, like let's let me play this game. Like to be honest, I feel like I rushed my experience with God of War as well because when. I, uh, whenever I played at the beginning of this year, like, okay, or end of the year, I can't remember when I started playing. I think it was December I started playing or something. Like, I felt like I rushed it because I wanted to get through it. Like, I really, you know, we'll talk about it, but like, I really enjoyed what I was experiencing, and I just wanted to keep playing. But I felt like I got like there's there's so much of this game, and it's hindering me from playing other games. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, like I really want to enjoy this experience, but the experience is so meaty. That, like, I kind of forced myself, it forced it down my throat just so I could be done with it, so I could experience it, so I could go back to my regular, <laughs> wow, you yeah. know, programming yeah. of games. Yeah, point. I kind of feel that way. Yeah, because, I mean, it's a longer game, and, it's like, and it is something that you don't typically do that takes, like you said, more energy. Because I feel, now that you mentioned that. I feel like most of the games that I really want to play, I, if I only play them, it kind of always has that same tone that I'm I'm rushing through it, even though I'm kind of not. It's just like it's the only thing I'm only thing I'm playing at the time. So it seems like you know, there's no breaks in between. I can't really like I don't give my chance to, a chance myself a chance to walk away from it. Think about what happened last time. There's nothing to anticipate, like with episodes of a TV show, for instance. Every week, you get an hour, right? But if you're playing a game, you know, two hours every night for two weeks, then it's just like, that's all you've been doing. And so, it it feels like you're just rushing through a meal. Yeah. I will say to its credit, and I think we probably shouldn't talk too much more about it, but to its credit, God of War is really well paced, it felt like to me at least. And so, I think that it kind of... It uh makes it a little easier going down. Feeling like I feeling less like I'm rushing and more like I am, I actually am enjoying myself. Like I actually am playing two or three hours in a row because I actually got pulled into it and not just because I feel like I have to get it done. And there's a little bit of that, and there probably would have been more if the game lagged a little or the, the story wasn't so compelling. I, I or there was the the set pieces weren't set up when they were. I agree, and I think like. Yeah. I think we've all played Spider-Man mm-hmm. and I think yeah. Spider-Man had the same experience for me because I played it what two games ago <laughs> like <laughs> it it was like I played God of War and then I played Spider-Man and now I'm playing Witcher 3 you know and Spider-Man once again I have no timeline on this nobody's telling me to play Spider-Man right but one I enjoy the game so I want to keep playing it but there's another part of me that's like, I need to finish this. Like, I need to finish this. Nagging. Like, like it's just nagging at me. And, like, it's weird. Like, maybe it's because we're adults and, and we haven't really talked about this as far as, like, us being older. But I feel like there's one part of me where, as an adult, I just feel like because my time, like, my uh, leisure time is so precious, I have, like, this really intense urge to like, I don't want to say binge, but like to really force in as much as I can yeah. in the hour or two as I can that I have. Cause like, you know, back in the day I would just linger in a game, you know? Like I would just 
goof around, see what's going yeah. on, try to find weird secrets, glitch things, da da da. But now it's like nah 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 nah. You don't you have that the luxury. best parts. Exactly. You know. That's wild to think about, yeah. Yeah, I I mean, guys, I still haven't finished Death Stranding. And during this conversation, I think I've come to the realization that I might as well uninstall it because like every time I play, which isn't very often anyway, but every time I play, I feel like I'm like, all right, I got to I'm, I'm going to make another I'm not playing because I want to, but I'm playing because it's been sitting in my in my install list for so long and I'm like, I got to get rid of this thing. Right. Um I want to see the story. I want to see how it ends. Uh, but not just because like I enjoy the world. I also feel like that game in particular, I've pretty much experienced the mechanics. Like I have experienced the gameplay and I love the gameplay. It feels weird for me to say how much I love the game, but I haven't finished it. I think I just burned myself out on doing too many side quests, <laughs> um, which the side quests aren't that much different from the normal quests. So, you know, maybe that's a fault of the game is that, it just feels like you're playing no matter what you do. So I might as well just do the main quests and rush through it. But yeah, I mean, I don't know if I'm ever going to finish it. And I think I have to just make that decision and let it go. <laughs> and, it, it, and just be at peace, you know? It, it literally sounds like the way that I felt about uh, Odyssey. For me, like, I would pick it up periodically to play a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Because I felt like, oh, like, I'm not too, too far from the end. But I was like, eventually I just had to say, you know what? I've enjoyed my time with you. It's time for our relationship to end. <laughs> like, I don't like it because the more I play it now, it just becomes a job, you know, oh, instead of like me yeah. enjoying the experience like I was before, you know. That's a sad. Have you ever. Well, never mind. Sorry. I was, Go ahead. Kyle. I was going to say that's sad. I have kind of a, a love hate relationship with my leisure time in adulthood. Like, I, you hate your leisure time? Well, no. It's just whenever I feel like I have leisure time and I play a game, there's always like this sinking, not sinking feel, a nagging in my mind that I should be doing something productive, you know? And it's something that I kind of just have to shove to the background every once in a while because I know I'll go <laughs> insane if I don't step away Bro. from adulthood every once in a while. And, that's know, yeah. that's the realest. If that's not the realest thing you've ever, <laughs> it's the most really gonna hear from you. Me. Know, Don't get used to it. <laughs> I get sad. I think about the fact that I can't, I can't really enjoy a good like video game binge. And when I say binge, what I really mean is like maybe four hours in a day of sitting down and playing a game, which is a lot, but isn't necessarily what most people would call a binge. I think. But I can't really enjoy that anymore because of what you just said, Kyle. There's either a hard time box that I'm stuck. Oh, I have something going on this evening or it's on my lunch break or whatever. Or I just feel like I have to do a bunch of things and I don't want to spend my whole day. But there is hope. You know, I <laughs> I, I have found time like uh, last year about around when Dread came out. Actually, yeah, when Dread came out, I was traveling. So I played a lot. And then after that, I had like I had a little surgery, so I had like a day or two off from work before the weekend started, and I actually had to do things for the weekend. Mm-hmm. And I played hours and hours and hours, and I'm like, oh yeah, this is what it's like <laughs> to just. And it didn't, I, you know, yeah. I wouldn't want to do that all the time. I don't want to. Yeah. 
lose my time. But like, it felt so good to just sit down and get immersed and not feel like I had to quit in an hour Mm -hmm. or 40 minutes. Honestly, the only way that I feel that I could, you kind of described it, have one of those old school gaming sessions is if I was like sick in a way that I couldn't justify doing anything else. Right. Like, yeah. Be- yeah. because like for me now the thing that i balance is number one you know being married you you want to make sure that you're thinking about household things and taking care of the business and doing what you need to do but yeah. but even outside of that because that's not like every moment of my day but like outside of that there's things that i want to do to grow in my life right like i want to grow my youtube channel that i've been building right so sometimes it's a decision between do i work on something youtube related or do i play a game mm-hmm. you know also, yeah, there's other hobbies I have. Exactly. Like, oh, I'm like learning how to do Muay Thai and MMA and boxing. Do I go and like train for a little bit or do I play a game? You know, like, and it just becomes these opportunity costs between all these things. And now, like, like you said, I feel guilty playing a game because I know that there's no benefit other than enjoyment, you know. Right. Uh, and I have to like force myself sometimes to go, no, you're just going to play a game. And that's all you're going to do today, Brad, like for the next hour, yeah. you know, at least in your leisure time, you know, because when sometimes I get a little I get a little jealous of my wife because she works four days a week. Ooh. So during the week, one of the days will be an off day and it moves around. And during her off days, sometimes she'll like, you know, she'll run errands um, or she, but it's usually like personal errands, like things that she wants to do, get her nails done. That's for you. Um, meet with people. <laughs> it's not for me. <laughs> it's not like grocery shopping or or paying bills or something. She's she's doing her things and I'm like which yeah, that's her time she can do that. Uh or especially she'll like go to the spa, she'll have massages and I'm like, "Man, I wish I had a day cuz I feel like on the weekends I'm with her or I'm at church doing church things or I have we have plans together or something. Like my time is is more or less accounted for on the on a given weekend. Yeah, mm-hmm. she has a whole day that she can just do what she wants. That's nice. Man, I I can't do that anymore. Yeah, yeah. I feel like yeah. Go ahead, Kyle. I was gonna say, so when you're younger, you know, you just you do have time like that, and even days like that. But it's like now doing these things that we know aren't productive feel like sacrificial. We're sacrificing something else. Mm-hmm. PTO. I do have unlimited PTO now that I think about it. Unlimited? Just take the year off. Yeah. Well, you know how it is. These companies, they say it's unlimited, it's but not, it, it's not unlimited. Take a it's day a week. Whether it, it, it can't, it literally can't be unlimited. There's a limited number of work days in the year. <laughs> but like, I'm taking 400 days this year. In theory, the fact that I have to ask means that it could be denied. So there's, there's like a psychological <laughs> friction. You know, it's it's unlimited, but are you really going to use it? Don't, don't need it. Offline, I'll tell you exactly why that exists. Like, I figured out. Oh, I, I don't need you to tell me. I know why. why offline? The reason I bring it up is that yes. it wouldn't hurt to take like a day or two a month just to play video games. Like, I probably could get away with that. And but let, maybe not just play video but games, tell, but just for leisure time. But let me tell you, if you took those day or two off, I bet you you'd find those day or twos would end up just you be just you doing stuff that you didn't get done in your life. Like you'd be going, taking care of something at the bank. Getting the whole chain. Make it, you know what I'm saying? Like you'd be doing all this stuff like, all right, it's time to play games. I mean, it's- that is sad, but 
that's fine too. Like that stuff needs to get done. And if I have to take time off to do it and not be stressed about it on the weekends. And well, well I'm I, what I'm saying that. is like, you don't need to take time off to do it, but what will end up what happening is that in your time off, you'll end up doing those things because you finally have the time to do them out of a normal cadence. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, I probably would, I would be very, I'm, I'm very careful with my time off. I would probably plan like schedule on a calendar, like two errands. And then the rest of the time I would say, Keisha, you will not bother me. <laughs> <laughs> I will not do any. I mean, obviously she needs me, but like I do not do errands. I will not be cooking. I'll cook later. Don't need like, me. Don't, <laughs> don't come up. Don't come looking for me. No, but I would probably plan to do an errand or two. And then I would plan like four hours to play God of War or whatever I want to do. Yeah. That's my that's my hope, man. The fact that we've got <laughs> you've got to schedule your day it's to life, play man. a game, man. Like that's I mean that yeah, adulthood at its finest. I think that's just how it's going to be. I'm fine with that. Oh, yeah. and, and honest, and, and honestly, I just feel like it's because, especially as Americans, like Americans, you you are looked down upon if you're not being productive, right? Like. We live in a culture that's all about do, 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 you know, do, do, like a lot of do, do, he said, do, do, a lot of do, do. And, um, and I think like, Hey, like we're, we're all gainfully employed. We're all doing all right with ourselves. So you could theoretically just be like, all right, I'm good. Like, I don't really need to do anything else, but like in a world where like everybody's side hustling, everybody needs something. Oh, this person needs help here. Uh, you know, the church needs help here. Our friends need help here. Somebody needs help there. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's hard for you to just like put yourself in a yeah. zone where you can just truly, I, I don't want to call it self-care, but like, just do your thing, you know? And I feel like a lot in a weird way, I think in my mind, a lot of the things that I do to be productive are to get me into a space where I don't have to work a nine to five. But I can work at a schedule that works for me. Real talk to accomp- to accomplish the things that I think are meaningful and productive. Versus a lot of times, you know, work is, you know, a lot of times you're not you're in an office or doing stuff that isn't always super productive. You know, work is work. Yeah, yeah. Well. That's uh, that's video games, I guess. <laughs> video games and life. Video, video games as an adult. Man. Too many games or too much games? What, what's the, what's the verdict? Do we think there's too many games or is there there too much? Games? I think it's both. I think you brought up an excellent point, but I do think it's both, not necessarily just too much games. I, th- I think overall, yeah, there's way too many. Like if you just went to try to select a game, you know. And every game, you know, so we have Steam, we have all these different services, we have itch.io, we have Congregate, every game that you could possibly choose from, you just type in a genre. Yeah, there's way too many games. But I think there's too much games, like you said, in the games that we want to play, that it keeps us from playing them if we just pick up one of them. Because they don't end, or something along those lines. So yeah, I think, I think both are a problem. So would you? Mm. So would you say? And, and this is me just being kind of devil's advocate. <laughs> Let's hear it. Like, would you say that in the same logic, you could say that there's too much food? 
right in the grocery store like, <laughs> like there's like oh there's all these chips and drinks and blah 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 blah, blah. but really the grocery store just has what you want and you, you know you're thankful for that it would be it'd be another thing to me how i see it is like if i ate if i bought some chips ahoy cookies and i ate one cookie i couldn't eat anything else for the rest of the day <laughs> so i'd like be choosing my meals very carefully like bro well so, you know. i mean you joke but it really i think it actually is like that you know there is too much food well, like think about so you said if you if you ate one cookie and you couldn't eat anything else that's extreme but it kind of is like that like you there's a limit to how much you can eat in general in a given day but specifically like sweets and junk food like if you're trying to be healthy you can't have like we all right so in our household we basically buy like one or two snack for a week and one or two like one sweet for the week and so i have to choose like man do we want oreos we want ice cream like what's it going to be because a we're not going to well we're not going to finish more than one thing per week unless we're being gross and unhealthy (laughs) you're just not living life correctly yeah, sometimes you got to take PTO and just eat Oreos all day. Like, I understand. Back to your, your grocery store analogy. So to me, the grocery store would be if the manager was okay with anyone bringing anything to sell at the grocery store. So there's all the things that you want to see there, the fresh produce, but there's also all this rotten stuff all but, over but the did, place. But didn't we already say that we are not considering yeah. games that are garbage th- trash. i think i think that if the manager let anything in that would be worse but i think even <laughs> as it is that's bad enough <laughs> just imagine hey y'all you know i got some <laughs> i mean if you've ever watched kiesha and i try to choose like all right what are the meals that we're going to cook this week she's just on she's just online like looking at stuff it takes a long time to pick a couple meals you know, um, and because because the options are endless and it's not just one grocery store. It's all the grocery stores within driving distance um, or, you know, Amazon. And if you if you want to do that, go that route, you can buy stuff online. Digital. So, yeah, there's there's way too many. Options. I sure love buying my ice cream online. It's the best way to go. <laughs> when it comes, it's it's, milk. Uh, it's pre-melted. So, so, Kyle, sorry, I interrupted you, but would you at least agree that in that analogy, the garbage food is not going to be at the grocery store, like in our minds. Like, yeah, yeah. We if don't. we go back to the original thing, yeah. But I guess I was, I was, I was still making the point that if everything was considered, but yeah. So if everything in there was the best of the good best, food, triple A, triple A food, yeah, then it's then it's death by decision. Like you, you know, even if you pick something and it's delicious, but you don't have much of an appetite. To choose anything to begin with, if everything looks great, is difficult and stressful. So, who wins? I guess death by decision is what we've been talking about this whole time. Mm -hmm. More or less, yeah. Okay, okay, counterpoint. Would y'all... What is your problem? No, 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 like, (laughs) no, no, like, counter idea. All right. Would Would you rather have the situation where there's too few games... Or too many games, like every year there's only like a few. Like you, you, you can figure out what too few means for you. Mm-hmm. But like 
Would you rather have the scenario where we had too few games to choose from? Um, in a world where I have the backlog that I have right now, I would rather have too few games. Uh, imagine you don't have the backlog. Your backlog's all gone. You have nothing. Because because we live in a world where there's too few games, so there's no such thing as the backlog. That makes sense. Um, I still think that would be okay because those games would probably be really great. They'd also probably be really expensive, which I'm not a fan of, but they'd probably be really great and they'd be worth my time and I wouldn't feel like I wouldn't miss, right? I wouldn't be thinking like, man, I wish I had more games to fill my time. I would just keep playing the ones I had until, you know, either I ran out of leisure time in which to do that or I got bored with them. So I think in order for that to work, like what's who's to say that not that all the of the few games that exist, all of them are Anthem. You know, it's a triple A game. Everybody thinks it's great. It has a marketing budget, but... Everything that exists oh, is trash. They all suck. Yeah, they all suck. You know, so who's 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 making the choice of this smaller group? You know, well, I guess so I think if, if there's more, well, let's assume. I guess for Brad's question, it makes sense. You kind of have to make the assumption that there's a variety. The ratio of good games It'll to bad games is roughly the same. It'll well, be a balance. Well, at that point, it's yeah. not okay. So let me let me change it and say that they're all good games, but they're all racing games, right? Okay. So then it still doesn't fulfill the need of there being variety. Even if they're well, all great. Well, let, okay. let, let, we can also we can make the same argument. The ratio of games you want to play exactly. to the ones you don't. So too few games same. that you would like to play. Like that I don't see a problem. <laughs> he just he was so angry, hot, and bothered. See, see, all the games gonna be trash. Well, all the games gonna be co- racing. <laughs> well, I'm thinking about well, it's well, gonna be perfect. Look, I'm thinking about it. As, <laughs> check this out. See, see, I've been thinking about it as I'm not the only person shopping at the grocery store. But if the grocery store is for me, then they can have one game on the shelf and I'll be fine. So you didn't make that as a point of your analogy that everything was catered for me. No, no. My question was literally: Would you rather have? Well, we're two? not. We're not saying one game. We're saying multiple games. Just you know, fewer than there are. Too few, I guess. But he. Well, you know what? This isn't really fair because too few is is subjective. It implies that it is too few. So I guess if it's too few, then I'm not going to be happy. But if it's a few, then I'll be the happy. Perfect amount. Sense? Yeah, if it's the perfect amount, then it's not. Too and they few, say it's... for Kyle, and I'm the main <laughs> character in them. Yes. Then, yes. then I would never play those. <laughs> Me either. But well, I'd be, I'd be grateful. I, I think that what you said earlier, Steve, is kind of how I feel, feel about it. Like now thinking about it, I think I would prefer a world with too few games where I was clamoring for that next game because every game would be that much more meaningful and impactful to me. And. Though I would, it would suck because I wouldn't have games to play for like maybe a month or two, and I'd be sitting around like, "When's the next game gonna come?" But when the game came, it would be that much better. Instead of me yeah. feeling like, "Man, I'm missing out on Elden Ring and Deathloop and you name it," you know, and I just feel like I'm in a constant state of, like, "Man, there's not enough game." But at the same time, it's like a good problem, right, to have like there's too many. But I don't know. Like for me, for example. I bring it up all the time, but I'm a UFC fan, and they don't—they have pay-per-views like once a month. Yes, you do bring it up all the time. And as much as I would love there to be more pay-per-views, I think the fact that there's only maybe one a month makes those pay-per-views that much more meaningful, you know? Because they're very, like, well-produced, the best fights that could possibly be on the card, you know what I'm saying? And then the fights that happen in between the pay-per-view are, like, 
like double A games. You know what I'm saying? Like the pay-per-views are like triple A games. And then like the, right. the lower end fights are not really for people who aren't like super fans. You know what I'm saying? So to I, me it's mm. a good balance. And I, I, I think I would prefer that. Like I think a there's bit less. I think that's like the fine line between FOMO and like healthy anticipation. Like if, right. if something else is coming the I guess the conditions on you knowing it's coming kind of determine. So here's an idea. I have a, here's a strategy that we could use, right? Basically what it comes down to is you raise your standards for what games you're willing to buy until there are too few games. So for me, I might say, look, I will look at all the rumors for the games coming out in a given year and I'll say I'll buy one of these games and I have to pick like which one is the most interesting. I have to wait for that game to come out and then I can play it. And then I'll have a second game that I can buy at the end of the year, you know, to fill in like, oh, that game came out. It was really good. I didn't plan ahead for it, but I can get it at the end of the year. You know, so that way you're artificially, you know, raising the stand. You're artificially creating scarcity by saying I can only have two games a year. So it sounds like I have to be an adult gamer <laughs> like <laughs> like hard pass yeah but i'm saying you have to th- yeah you think like an adult gamer instead of thinking like a child and then realizing <laughs> oh no i'm an adult oh no but i, I want to be just... a child <laughs> like all i want to do i gave a presentation today and i was sharing about like my background and i was telling them of some of my hobbies and i told them like oh i'm into games and i said oh like recently i've been playing witcher and then i said no i'm not eight years old but I have been playing Fortnite. <laughs> like, you Man. know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> mm. you know, like, I feel like that's what it is. Like, and then your boss I, was like, can you stay on the call, Brad? I just want to talk. A <laughs> like the meeting has ended. Like what? What just happened? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, and I guess, hmm, I wonder how that would work with games you don't buy. I was going to say if once you own a game, you can play it whenever you want. Like you can replay it. You can wait a year and play. You can do what you want, but you only buy one or two a year. But for something like Fortnite, I guess you would just say, I want to collect the license of one game every, every two I can years. only do one season a year. Like Yeah, that. for a live action game, or sorry, for a live service game, it has to be one every two years. Mm. Really, really bring up that standard. And so when you, when you get into the live service game, do you also have a budget? You would spend, for time. spend oh, the money that you would have spent... On V-Bus? No, because this isn't about your this isn't about money. This is about your time. True. All right, fine. So I mean, if you want to buy every skin, like you know, good luck. So I can get that John Wick skin, <laughs> or no, I want that Tie Fighter <laughs> yeah. glider, son. I want that Tie Fighter glider, son. That's all I want. That's pretty cool. It's, it's really legit. And they knew what they were sounds. doing. They knew exactly what they're doing. I was like, I'm a grown man. I'm over here, like, well, <laughs> he's giddy over there. <laughs> Mm. I'm thinking about it. I'm not going to buy it, but we'll see. Man, season, season ain't over. <laughs> it's like, and it, knowing any moment I could push the button, I, but I won't I mean, push it. The real, but the real answer to our I dilemma, could. let's be honest, guys, is us to be full-time, super agile bro podcasters, and then we can play games, watch movies, and anime at the pace that our fans want, which is... You see, you just, that's... You just made the fatal error. It's the pace our fans want. No, no, no. I don't care at, what our at, fans at want. It's the pace that we want, right? <laughs> we still release once a week and we just, you know, 
just pace it out, you know, at whatever pace. And that means our nine to five is just whatever we decide to do on the next episode, you know? Hmm. That's what I'm saying. Patreon opening up. You know? <laughs> I'm telling you, I, I think I think that's kind of a that's I think that's a trap though. I, I see. I mean, obviously, people enjoy themselves and they they do that, but there's a lot of regret I see about making your hobby into your job, and then not having enjoyment anymore because it's just work. Yeah, I think there's still a balance, right? There's still a balance you need in there, and I think yeah. I think it's just like if I could make my job to be like. Hey, like do the hard things for like eight to 10 hours a week. And then like, you know, so, Hey, we're going to play, I don't know. I don't know. Saints row or whatever. I don't know. I'm just throwing a random game out there. Like that game isn't a game that I want to play. That's just my job game. And I can play that at the pace that I need to, to get it done. And then I can just take any other time. That would be perfect for me. You just brought up the reason, Steve, why I don't envy streamers is because that that's yeah. pretty much exactly how their careers begin is that they play a game forever because they love it and then it becomes work and yeah they're at the mercy of their fans and their sponsors they're prisoners. and if they ever stop playing that game it all dries up well there is a few streamers who figured out that they can switch games but it's at a it's a lot of work. I mean, first of all, I don't want to be a streamer. I'm sorry. Like, let's just be. I'm not. I'm not going to defend that because honestly, it's terrible. You're absolutely right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's not for me. I don't want to be a public figure. This this is more than enough. Uh, Vote for Steve. Scrutiny. This this podcast is more than enough scrutiny for me. <laughs> be careful, man. When we blow up, you're gonna have to deal with it. My main goal I know. is to blow up, to blow up, and act like I don't know nobody. Oh, nobody. <laughs> <laughs> All right, boys. Let's bring it in. Uh, hugging. Thanks for for joining joining me on this conversation. Do you have any final thoughts, Kyle? I heard a, a stutter just now. Oh yeah, you said bring it in. I was like, are we are we hugging? But yeah, hug it out, hug bro. It out. Uh, Touch my butt. Uh, I'm gonna back up then on that. One. <laughs> butt touch. That's the way to do it. That's that's how people yeah. greet. In like Europe, butt touch. Yeah. yeah, do it. Yeah, I, I did it all the time when I was. Wait, there. They, do it. they touch butts to each other, or they touch someone else's butt? Well, that's the most efficient way, wait, obviously. Wait, what? But no, you normally you just pat the butt. Was your question? Do they touch butts to each other or other people's butts? What does that even mean? Like, do they do they do like a backwards <laughs> hug, or do they use their hand? How would you? So you're saying they hug in the front and then squeeze each other's cheeks? Is that the other No, no, option? no. He's suggesting they back towards each other and they, they touch butt. That's bump. what I'm thinking. Yeah, booty bump. Okay. What was the other option? That's that you just grab, you just get a handful hand. of cake. So you're saying that you hug. <laughs> 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 Basically, some form of harassment. <laughs> yeah, like you go to either no, you booty bump or you what? go to prison. I, I didn't know. touch. If I told you, let's do a hand touch. Would that, what, what, would you use another part of your body to touch hand? No, you touch hands together. So when I say butt touch, you know what I'm saying? You butt touch the. So is, I mean, a lot is of that, would you call that a a butt shake? <laughs> <laughs> no, a butt shake would be you would have to get one cheek in between the other person's cheek so that yeah, you <laughs> obviously just aggressively you just spread the cheeks and let them fit together like a. Then puzzle. you aggressively a of, twerk. The mechanics 
Just imagine trying to make that work out in public. Like, hello there, friend. It's basically, <laughs> it's not any worse than like playing drop ball. You're basically just playing drop ball with somebody else's butt. True. It, it is a game that people play everywhere. So, I mean. Yeah. So, you basically, no, you, you, you connect butts. Preferably with your pants down so that you so can get some like, have cheek action. You'd have to have like, and then you both you both squat like you both lower, and then you both come up, and that's the shape. So so oh so you'd have to wear like super tight yoga pants. You squat, Spandex. spread, squat, squat, spread, then insert yeah. into each other's cheeks, then shake. Man, that's a lot of work. Yeah. I don't like squats. Yeah, I would struggle. I I don't have a butt. And then <laughs> I'm not like here like Hank Hill. Hank it. <laughs> got to sit Nega on the butt. You got that nigga butt? Like. <laughs> oh, gosh. Man. Yeah, Hank Hill's set, set the set. He set the trend. He he set the standard for no butt. Concave. <laughs> well, that was a great tangent. Bradston, do you have anything to add? The only thing I would add is that I think I don't think there's too many games that I want to play. I think there's too much games for me to play. That's all I have to say. Put that on a t-shirt. I'm I'm really glad to hear you reiterate that stupid sounding sentence. <laughs> I only want to play like three or four games a year, <laughs> but they're too He's much. Like, I'm gonna make this. I'm gonna make this deep sounding comment in the middle of the podcast, and I'm gonna bring it up again twice. I'm not trying to bring it up to sound deep. I'm just literally saying that's what oh, I just do. doesn't want you to forget. You asked me what my last statement was. I gave you my last statement. If you don't want a butt touch, then get out. (laughs) (laughs) Keep your butt away from my butt, butt, sir. I'll go play drop ball in the corner. I don't need you. Anyway. Uh, Well, I'm sure I had a final thought. Bye-bye. It has left me. Um, Play Hollow Knight. That's my final thought. Mm. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening to the Super Agile Bros. We are here for your viewing pleasure, listening pleasure, excuse me. Once a week, you can find us on what is it, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, YouTube, Stitcher. Is it Google Podcast as well? Is it one, one of those? Yeah, one of those. Did I miss anything? Any of our platforms? We everywhere. We everywhere. Find us at my mom's house eating uh, Pop Tarts and Capri Sun. Um, you know, wherever you find us, we'll be there. USB sticks by mail. We'll be doing that soon. Oh yeah, <laughs> definitely no viruses. Put that junk in your work computer so you can listen <laughs> on the job. Immediately. Uh, but yeah, thanks for listening, and uh, until next time, have a good one. Bradston's ghost. Any final remarks? <laughs> I will touch your butt. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now we're gonna stop. 